Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. I just really want to also just welcome you if you're watching online and for those watching overseas and so many different countries, we're getting feedback, God's touching people through our church. I want to thank you as a church because of your consistent faithful giving where we're able to dispense faith and hope to the globe. So I just really want to thank you for that. One of the things that has always intrigued me is that you can be somebody and everybody around you knows it except you. You can have something and not know it. In uh, Luke 15, Jesus starts to talk to his disciples and his, and his preaching. And he starts to talk about forgiveness. And, and, he, and he goes, uh, people, you're going to go into a life and you're going to be let down. People are going to say things about you. Uh, uh, people are going to offend you, but you've got to forgive. He starts talking about something you need to do so that you can stay in freedom. So Jesus is talking about forgiveness. And the reason he talks about forgiveness is because it puts you in right relationship with God, but it also opens up the doorway for blessing. So Jesus is telling them, this is the life that I need you to live. And what they say really puzzles me. So one of, one of the great mysteries is that you are bigger than you think, smarter than you think, People, people around you might not know it, but the worst thing is, is when you don't know it. The worst self, the worst curse a person can put upon a person is the one that the person puts upon himself. A lot of people can say, Ted, you're not this, you're not this, you're not this. But, the, but it takes it to another level when you start saying something about yourself. See, the closest person to you in this realm is you. And when we say things about us, that brings on something. So we, we have this, that Jesus is this. Understand something about Jesus. Jesus never gives opinions. Jesus never gives suggestions. He gives you the truth. Jesus will never give you something and go, go figure it out yourself. Jesus does not give opinions. Jesus always gives you the truth. So that means that you never have to double guess God. You never have to ponder, did he really mean it? So when God says something, it's the absolute truth unmovable, unchangeable, and eternal. So when God speaks, you are not required to debate it. 
You're not required to think, I wonder what's going to happen. Now, have a look at this. Luke 15, verses 5 to 6. Upon hearing this, the apostles said, Lord, you must increase our measure of faith. Jesus responded, if you have even the smallest measure of faith, it would be powerful enough to say to this large tree, my faith will pull you up by the roots and throw you into the sea and it will respond to your faith and obey you. Upon hearing, the apostles said, Lord, you must increase our faith. Here's a big question. Who told them that they did not have faith? What diagnosis tool did they use to come up? Jesus requires this, but I haven't got it. You know, I, I remember the strangest thing was uh, having lunch with a doctor. And, we, and he's, we, the conversation kind of started, Ted, as a pastor, what frustrates you? And I said, how many days have you got? And I said to him, so what frustrates you? And he said this, Dr. Google. I go, what? Dr. Google? And I go, can you imagine? Who's your doctor? Dr. Google. And I go, what would... So I've got expand. And he goes this. He goes, before patients come to us, they go to this Dr. Google. You, you know, you're on your phone and your computer. And then you say, these are my symptoms. And then you get two million hits telling you what's wrong with you. And then these patients then want a second opinion... And they go get the second opinion from a doctor. And then he goes, what's worse? He goes, there are patients that argue, no, no, no. The doctor Google said this on this website. So what happens is this. Can you, if you, can, let your imagination go this morning, okay? Can you imagine a doctor's surgery? The doctor comes up, here's your blood test, here's your CT scan, here's your MRI scan, here's all of this, right? This is what's wrong with you. And he goes, no, 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 no. Dr. Google said that I have this, this, and this. And you know what's really interesting? Is they will argue that they have taken their diagnosis from a computer, not a real live doctor. Can I just say something to you here, right? You are not qualified to make a self-diagnosis. You're very quiet. So listen to these disciples, right? Jesus tells them that this is what's required. And they said this, our faith is not up to the task. Work with me something. Let me just give you some definitions here. The Bible says, every, if you want to do this, I've done this for myself. Every time I hear the word Satan, I have a, I have a personal definition of Satan. There's a lot of definitions, but I have a personal one. I'll let you into it. Do you want to hear it? Okay, we, I will leave it then. <laughs> Number one, Satan 
is the first liar. He is the very first liar in eternity. Second, he is the father of every lie. Third, he is the source of every disease, every pressure, every sorrow, every heartache, every disappointment, every time I feel a negative emotion, I can trace it back to him. So when I hear about Satan, number one, he's the first liar. Second, he is the father. He birthed every lie that we have heard. He is the source of emotional, physical, financial sickness. He is it. It all stems from him. So if you, when you hear Satan, if you go all the way back, Jesus calls him, you're the father of lies. He is the first. So watch this. Let me just put another thing in. Satan cannot tell the truth. There is no, the, the word of God says he is total darkness, God is total light. So now, your self-diagnosis, where did you get the calibration, the system to put yourself through to get I have no faith? Says if you come up with this, I have no faith. The question is, how did you get to the resolve that I haven't got something? So here, the disciples. Now, I want you to notice something about here. It says, "Increase our measure of faith." Jesus, you will not find this anywhere. That Jesus says this, right? I haven't given you faith. I haven't given you faith. I haven't given you faith. Jesus doesn't tell them you need more faith. I want to just challenge you. Look through the scripture and find a scripture that says that Jesus says you need more faith. You need more faith. You need more faith. See, in the, in the book of Judges, chapter 6, you can read it in your time. Jesus comes back to a, Jesus, the spirit of God comes to a young man by the name of Gideon. Gideon has a low self-esteem problem. Gideon is financially depressed. He's got no finances. He's hiding. He's, he, he, he's, if you want to tick the box of a failure, he ticks all the boxes. He lives through all the boxes that he's ticked. But the Spirit of God comes upon him and says, Gideon, you mighty hero of God. And he goes, excuse me, you've got the wrong man. People go, oh yeah, but that's Gideon. But we do that without even thinking. We see a promise of God, but that's not for me. So the disciple, so here's Gideon. He has something 
But because of the labeling that has come upon him, he goes, I haven't got it. You can see this. Go, go right back to the beginning, to the Garden of Eden. He, here we have this perfect garden, perfect people, perfect environment. And then Eve comes to this tree of good and evil. The serpent comes, Satan comes up. And what does he do? He convinces Eve that she is not what God says he, she is. But to get to, to that, you need him. Isn't it amazing that you can be perfect and still go down? He's Eve. She's made in the image of God, in the nature of God, in the presence of God. She is complete. Satan comes in, and remember this, he's the father of lies. So when you get this whisper, you haven't got it. Question, who told you? So he's Eve, and the first thing he does, he goes, I can't get you to eat it. I, I need you, Eve, as a doorway to come into this system. I want you to notice what he was doing. He says, I've come and I want something, but the door is locked. I can't get to you. I can't break the door down. But what I need you, I need you to open the door for me. Doesn't that kind of put power back to you? That Satan goes like this. I can't get to you, but you need to open the door for me. So here's Eve, and then finally she comes. She comes, I am lacking. Now watch this. The moment she realized that she is lacking, Satan gives her the antidote for the lack. So he goes, you haven't got faith, but I have an alternative. You're not a woman of faith. You're not a man of faith. But what I've got for you, I've got an alternative to the system of God, the power of God, the provision of God, the promises of God. So Satan always gives the alternative to. So here's the disciples saying, Lord, you must increase our measure of faith. So what, what's this? They measured their faith and they came up, our faith is not equal to the thing that we are facing. Hmm. Just think about this. You get a problem and then all of a sudden you make a call, my faith is not equal to. I've measured it. You know, uh, I remember our coach one day, we, we, we didn't know we were in trouble, but we were in trouble. We were, we were, playing, we were playing football, right? And uh, our coach came in into the dressing room and he says, hey, come on, boys. This was, you know, okay, we're, we're talking like 19, 1976 back then, right? We had... Uh, 
there was hardly any rules and all that. And, the, and, the, and our teacher goes, hey, Ted, 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 Ted. Now, guys, remember, it's not the size that matters. It's because you're really good at sport, right? We thought, oh, great. Now, okay, I was 13 years old. My dream was to get facial hair. My, my dream one day, watching all the Gillette commercials, is saying, one day I'm going to shave. Right? So here we are, we're 13-year-olds, we're at school, and we come out on the oval. <laughs> and these guys are about foot taller. Most of them had these bushy beards. Right? And we realized we are in deep trouble. Size did matter. We looked at, you know, we, we got flat and I got my two, teeth, two front teeth knocked out. Um, it was a great game. I realized size does matter. You know what? We came out there and we looked at these guys, right? And one of, I, I could see this guy, this guy that I was, I was playing ruck, and uh, the, he smiled at me and I could see his fangs out of the beard, right? I thought, man, we got, we got done, like, really bad, L like, yeah, I think our coach hopped in the car and just drove off. <laughs> he just says, I can't take the carnage anymore. But what was this is that we came out to play and it was an uneven. But here's, here's, here's what I'm trying to say. This Watch this. Is these, the disciples have a look at what God required of them and they said, I haven't got it in me. I haven't got it in me. I need somebody to hold my hand. Now, you good with me? This is going to help you. Because most of people are defeated, not because the enemy is stronger, it's because they don't use what God has given them. The Bible says they overcame him by the word of their testimony. It doesn't say they overcame him because of the same size as the enemy. But the word of God says, listen this again, the Lord, they said, Lord, you must increase our faith. Now watch this. The first thing that they did is God was this. They accused God. God, you did not give me enough faith. Uh, can I be Father Ted for a moment? If I, I, I can, I how many times have we ever said to us, I haven't got enough faith? Uh, okay, I know on the inside you're all putting your hands up. But, but how many times do we feel like I haven't got it? it? It's too hard. You know when I realized this? I realized this in my early age because my, my dad was a pastor. So I was born in church. And I realized something that only now is kind of clicked in was that people were hanging out for heaven. So every time we would sing about heaven, the atmosphere would lift in the church. And I realized something. I go, why do all these people want to go to heaven? Then I realized this. Because the reason we have this longing for heaven, because earth is so hard and we're losing. We want to get to a place where we stop losing. Am I alone here? Why, 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 do we, why do we want to leave? Why do we leave relationships? Why do we leave certain jobs? Why do we leave certain circumstances? It's because I haven't got it. And my only avenue of escape is to get out. 
because I can't handle it. Life is too hard. I can't make the decisions. I haven't got the mental fortitude. Whatever it is, and we are saying this, God, you put me in an environment where I am disadvantaged and I will always be disadvantaged because greater is he that's out there than he that is in here. If we go back to the story of Gideon, every, the system that he was in gave him a measuring tool and he comes out, I am a no one. The Spirit of God talks to him and he says, Gideon, you hero of God, you mighty man of God, you leader, you this. And he goes, you're talking about the wrong guy. How many of you have ever picked up the word and go, God's, Paul is talking about the wrong guy? I always felt special. Always. Because I always felt every promise is for everybody else except me. I'm, the, I'm so special in the kingdom of God that none of this applies to me. When God said, great is he that's within you. Oh, that's for Pastor Victor. That's for Anton. That's for Paul. That's for Chris. Satan has come in. And he has infiltrated the church with a measuring tool that when we measure ourselves with this, we will always come up and say, I haven't got enough. Listen, now, let me read this out of the message translation. It says this, The apostles came up and said to the master, Give us more faith. But the master said, you don't need more faith. There is no more or less in faith. If you have a kernel of faith or a mustard seed of faith, say to the, the size of a poppy seed, you can say to this sycamore tree, go and jump in the lake and it would do it. Now, I want you to watch something here. You are as saved as you are ever going to be. When you entered salvation, God didn't give you a seed of salvation. He gave you the full tree with fruit. Let me say that again. When you got saved, God didn't give you a seed of salvation that you have to plant, that you've got to nurture it and wait and wait and wait and wait until the appointed time, until the appointed season. Do you realize this? Just watch with me. That when you said, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, you got the full Heaven, the full scope of heaven in one go. So you cannot get saved any more than you are right now. Just, just think. Use your Christian ability to resolve earthly problems here. 
When you got saved, God gave you the tree of salvation full of fruit. It does everything by itself. It doesn't need any self-effort. Listen to me. Your salvation doesn't need to be protected. Your salvation doesn't need to be cultivated. Your salvation is complete. It stands on its own. It doesn't matter what weather comes against it, what season comes against it. It stands. It cannot move. It is eternal. Say amen. No, no, no. Say like, like a godly amen. Say it like a believer amen. So right now, you have salvation that is complete, unmovable, limitless. It's like God. Not an inferior seed. Not a seed that can crumble. Oh, oh man, I, gee, I haven't watered salvation today. Let me just do it natural. You know what? One of the things that freaked me out, I, can I really be honest with you? You're not allowed to laugh. I forbid, so you're already laughing. I tell you not to do something and you do it. I don't know. Anyway, I remember I would have been seven or eight years old, woke up during the night and I got this thought. <gasps> what if I, what if my heart stops beating? Because all of a sudden my heart depends on me talking to it. So I'm going, beat, heartbeat. And I thought, <gasps> if I forget to tell my heart to beat, it will stop beating. I had a sleepless night. I was, I, honestly, I was so scared. Oh, if I fall asleep, my heart will stop. Because I'm thinking, as long as I'm awake, my brain's telling my heart, beat, pump, pump, pump. If I fall asleep, my heart will go, nighty night. Is that, okay, just so that I don't feel alone. Has that happened to anybody? Thank you. I know. All those that are watching, send me an email. Thank you. Thank you. I feel so good. Hey, we, we, we need to start a life group together, all right? The, the beating heart life group. But you know, I realized something. When God created me, he made, that he made me to, so that my brain doesn't have to have constant communication to my heart. It does it automatically. Wow. Do you, if you realize how many things happen to you automatically? So what we have here is this. So when God put it in. Now, let's take it up another level. Let's talk about being righteousness. Do you realize that you are so complete in Christ that when you stand in the presence of God, there is no inferiority? To be righteous means that you look at the eyes of God and you look at him and you go, you know something? I don't feel inferior. Now watch this. The same thing with righteousness is God gives me complete righteousness. But people say this. Well, Ted, if I'm completely righteous, why do I still got the bad habits? Now watch. Now, I've always pondered that. I always thought that my behavior... Deter my behavior was in the degree of my righteousness. So I thought, okay, if my behavior isn't totally correct, that my righteousness is also not totally correct. So there was this measuring rule that I thought, if this is my behavior and this is my righteousness, that means my behavior is a mirror image 
of my righteousness. So therefore, I need an answer of how to increase my righteousness. Because if I increase my righteousness, then my behavior will change. You good? Just nod. So let me watch this. But then we do the same thing. We look at people's outward action and we go, oh, that's because internally they are like this. The prophet Samuel, one of the greatest prophets in the globe, when he looked at David, he couldn't see a king. But when he looked at his brother, he saw a king. And God had to rebuke this prophet. And he says, God sees, you know, God doesn't see like you. You look at size and stature. You look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Now watch this. I want to give you a secret. Everybody say secret. Say secret. If you can get this, it will change your life. It will change. You will have the best meal, Sunday afternoon meal ever. Your two-minute noodles will be Singaporean noodles at a five-star restaurant. So this was always my question, and I fell into the disciples' question, God, I haven't got it, I haven't got it. And you know, watch this. If we, whatever you are conscious of, translate into your behavior. So the more, if I am conscious that my faith or my righteousness or my salvation isn't complete, my action will correspond on what I am conscious of. So the disciples had faith, but what were they conscious of? They were conscious of that they don't have faith. See, what they were doing. Okay, let me introduce you something. Um, Christian lies. The Bible says we're not allowed to lie, correct? Okay, I've got a church full of people that are lying. Um, Let me try that again. The Word of God is against lying. (laughs) Some of you go, oh no, Ted, I'm really enjoying this lying business. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to ruin your life, all right? Remember this, right? What is a lie? See, we think about lie. Okay, I just stole the million dollars, I get pulled over. And somebody says, Do you steal a million? No, I just found it. But watch this. Satan introduces a lie. You know what a lie is? I haven't got enough faith. Well, how is that a lie? Because God gave you the measure of faith. Satan has come in and introduced the lie, and now you are measuring yourself with a lie. Okay, watch this, watch this. Well, if you had faith, then you wouldn't get sick. If you had faith, you wouldn't have any problems. If you were really, really saved, that would have never happened. If you had this, if you, if you, if, 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 if. Jesus said, I didn't come to take you out of the world. I came to give you in the world to rule the world. And the way, we rule us, the way we rule the world is by overcoming every problem with the power of the living God. So what happens is this. 
is when I am conscious that I haven't got any faith, all of my action, all of my expectations are going to be, I'm going to fail. It's not going to work out. Here's the amazing thing. I want you to see the imagery that the Holy Ghost uses. He uses in the natural realm, he goes this. Here you have a poppy seed. If you don't know what a poppy seed is, go to a bread shop and ask for a poppy roll. Right? And then just say, what are you buying it for? I just want my little seed. Okay? It will cost you about four fifty, but it's okay. So God takes this. So he tells you this little poppy seed and a mountain. And he goes like this. Now, which is bigger? Okay, work with me. A poppy seed or a mountain, which is bigger? How many of you don't want to put, say anything? <laughs> See, in the natural realm, big faith looks like a small seed. But in the spirit, the mountain is the small and the faith is the big. We have been taught through religion that hasn't had its transformational thinking. Now, can I just, as a pastor, when a person comes to you and says, oh, let me share my mind. You know, have you ever heard the term, speak in my mind? I never let people speak their mind to me anymore. Unless their mind is fully regenerated by the word of God. Because anything they speak is full of the devil. You okay? You, are you okay? So in the natural, God's saying this. In the natural, you look small. In the natural, the problem looks bigger. In the natural, uh, come on, you've got $10, but you've got a $1 million bill. In the natural, the problem is so big. In the natural, you've got to be careful what you touch, what you breathe. In the natural, you live in fear. In the natural, you go in this. So it looks like, listen to me, that is why the church always looks so small into the world. So the world looks at the church and goes, what are you? You get, you get a worship song, might get 200, 300 hits. You might get a song about drugs or whatever. It could get a three or four million hits. And people go, you see? Don't you see that this is bigger than this? Because of the measurement that we have been placed under, we have devalued ourselves. And Jesus says this. He goes, the faith I've put inside of you if you take the natural measure, what is the natural measure? It is the one introduced if right from the beginning. Now watch this. Okay, we're going to come in for a close. I want the worship band to come up because we're going to pray in a moment. What's this? The first opinion or the first teaching that Adam and Eve received was internal. They didn't have to be taught that God was good. Isn't it amazing? I mentioned this before. Walking through a Christian bookshop 
and seeing this, and I've had to preach on it as well, teaching people that God is good. Satan always starts with the foundation that God is not enough and what he has given you is not enough. Satan always starts with God is not big enough. And then he says, and you're not big enough. Satan always starts with your the tail, never the head. Satan always starts with that the need outside is greater than the faith inside. So therefore, you need to learn to live with it. Church, you don't need more faith. What you need is for you to start to become conscious that God has given you the faith to overcome. Whatever you're facing. Whatever you are facing. Satan is working 24-7 to convince you that God is not enough. And the faith that God has given you is not enough. So you know what we do? We try to find a system how to grow our faith. We try to find a system. If I go to that meeting, if that person prays for me, if that, if that, if I... See, what, what Satan does is this. He's got to take your focus on what God has really given you and put it back on what he hasn't given you. What, what does Satan do? Think about this. Satan will never do this. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. He's always say this. But you know what? Some of our Bible interpretations are rooted in people that have never been born again. Let, let me show you this. In the Christian world, one of the biggest stances, one of the things that you can see from, from the poorest nations to the richest nations, from whatever, is they still struggle with the sin factor. That, oh man, God hasn't really cleansed me. I'm not that clean. But do you know what the Bible says? You know why there is no condemnation? Because when God forgives, it no longer exists. Now listen to me very carefully. Condemnation to a Christian is I've believed something that doesn't exist. In the true sense, you can only be condemned because of the reality of a thing. But once you're born again, the reality of a thing doesn't exist, so therefore there is there no condemnation. See, if you are feeling condemned that you are no good, here's your problem. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. But no, it's not real. Because when God forgives, He forgets, removes. Now, I want you to notice 
I want you to say this every morning if you like. I don't have a sin history. The reason I don't have a sin history because sin, because history can be recalled. But because there is no sin, there is no history. What's, what's this talking about? What, what, what are we, what's the aim of today? The aim of today is that you're a man, a woman of faith. And the measuring tool that has been placed inside of you did not come from God. And what we need to do today is we're going to change measuring systems. We're going to go, God, I'm going to give you my old measuring system. And I'm going to measure myself through the Word of God, through the Spirit of God. I am who He says I am. I can do what He says I can do. I am so tired of going around this mountain over and over again. Come on, isn't it time that we rose up? Isn't it time that we said enough is enough? Isn't it time we go, I am so tired of dealing with this every day, every moment, always feeling inadequate, always feeling that the mountain is bigger than my faith, always feeling that the sickness is bigger than my faith, whatever it may be. But it is time right now for you to rise up. For you to rise up and go, I will no longer let you judge me. I will no longer let this judge me. But I am going to be judged by the pure, clean, purified Word of God. I am no longer this. I am this. I was once a sinner. I now am a saint. I once was dirty. Now I am clean. I once had a history. I no longer have a history. You are not qualified to judge yourself. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. So why the rush? So why the wait? You can have it today. We... we Christianity isn't a pep talk so that you can last another day. Christianity isn't an encouragement so that can make you come to back to the finish line. This is the reality of God. The reality of God is this, is that the faith inside of you is more than adequate than the thing that you are facing. And right now, we're going to pray. I'm going to, I'm, my heart and my mind, my flesh, everything inside of this Fabianic body is racing this morning because I just feel like God says you need to open doors. You, you need, people need to start to see themselves as God sees them. People need to stop judging themselves. People need to stop being hard on themselves. People need to start looking at problems and go, hey, I'm tired of you talking. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. I'm going to get up. Greater is He. That's in where? Excuse me, come on. Where is he? Where is he? Now listen to me carefully. Here's another secret. Whatever is in you will come out of you through your speech. Whatever is in you comes out of you in your speech and you live in the reality of your speech. Greater is He that is in me 
than he that is in the world. See, when I verbalize it, whatever is in me goes out and fights my battles instead of me. So all I need to do is speak, speak, speak. Do you know, do you know what Satan really loves? He loves silence. Satan loves a silent church. Do you know what they try to do in the country of Germany? They said, you can come to church, but you're not allowed to speak. You're not allowed to worship. They said, you can come to church, but you've got to keep quiet. And I, and I remember thinking, what in the world's that about? What's that about? Is that the thing is, is what we speak comes into our reality. Church, come on, I want you to stand just before Pastor Victor comes up. And I want you to do something. Come on, we, we want to do something dramatic today. We want to start to pray and just say, God, what we want. I want you to start to speak it. I want you to start to say to yourself, I am a man or woman of faith. I have got something. God is in me. God is moving through me. I, can, I am greater than my problem. My seed is bigger. My, my little poppy seed is bigger than the mountain. I am who He says I am. Now listen to me carefully. What you are doing is you are becoming conscious of the full reality of your salvation. You are becoming conscious of the full reality of your righteousness. You are coming into fullness of it because that's who you are. Do you realize that Gideon, when you read the story, he had to leave his cave to get his victory. He had to have a different position. So he leaves his cave. He leaves his dungeon and he comes out and he faces the world and he goes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And the reason he's in the Bible, because Gideon right now is in heaven and he's yelling at you. And he goes, I know what you like. I know where you're hiding, but I tell you what, you've got something on the inside of you. Come on, why don't you just lift up your hands with me? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we right now break every lie. God, every lie that has said that I am not enough, every lie that has said it's bigger than me, it's greater than me, every lie that said you've tried it and it doesn't work you're not fit for it you've made too many mistakes you are too old you are you're not educated all of these lies come from the father of lies and god said your father said your dad said greater am i in you than he that is in the world I am greater in you. I am bigger in you. I am more powerful in you. I am not limited by being in you. I am not limited by being with you. I am not limited by calling myself your father. I am not limited by you. I am who I am. And who I am is making who you are. You are no longer what I said. You are no longer that. You're a child of the living God. And right now, in Jesus' name, I take authority over every unclean measuring tool. Every unclean measuring tool. I break it in Jesus' name. I break it in Jesus' name. 
no longer are allowed to measure me. You are no longer allowed to speak to me. I, from today onward, I refuse to be measured by the lies of the enemy. I refuse to limit my God in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a claim. Come on.